All right, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, let me go ahead and kick things off. Also, be sure to like and subscribe. Tell a friend. Um, check out the merch store. Got some new merch coming up. Um, should have the shop connected to the old Instagram page uh, pretty soon. So that's going to be big. <laughs> Might uh, finally sell a t-shirt. How about that? All right, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and just kick into things. Um, got quite a bit of stuff to talk about. So Halloween is over, which somewhat sad time of year. I, myself, massive fan of Halloween, but also the end of Halloween ushers in Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, which... This is, goddamn, this is the prime of the year for me. So, with Halloween ending, um, (laughs) I saw this the other day, um, this little post of, I guess somebody in this neighborhood had some pretty uh, extensive Halloween decorations, and the neighbor, a neighbor, maybe even more neighbor, uh, more than one neighbor, was pretty upset to find out that on November 1st, there were still Halloween decorations up. <laughs> so look at this. So these are the notes that were left to this person. Um, I'm going to try to read them real quick. So it's probably hard to see. So it says Halloween is over. Take everything down, especially the three mannequins, mannequins spelled wrong, of the stupid Hocus Pocus movie witches. Over the past two months, your decorations were creeping, creeping spelled wrong, everyone in this neighborhood out. All the so-called, which they did not put the ED, so-called fun is over. Halloween is over. Time to take those horrible decorations down. Angry face. Second note, Halloween is over. Time to take your horrible decorations down, including the 10-foot-tall demon in the right side of your yard. That evil piece of garbage is scaring a lot of people in this neighborhood. It's even scarier when it's all lit up. (laughs) So they did notice that they were spelling win wrong, which is interesting that that's when they decided to, uh, you know, do a little self-spell check. But, you know, I digress. Scarier when it's all lit up. Take your decorations down. Weather spelled like the uh you know climate version not the uh what's it called conjunction is weather a conjunction or a preposition hmm. hmm not sure either way down whether you like it or not halloween is over same angry face <laughs> so now i don't know if these were left for the same to the same neighbor or just the same person being pissed off that there are two neighbors in the neighborhood who are leaving up their Halloween decorations. Let me tell you something. For one, (laughs) judging by the handwriting, apparently there is a seven-year-old in this neighborhood who is real pissed off (laughs) that there are hocus-pocus witches and a 10-foot-tall demon statue in their neighborhood. I'll say this. If... If I were an actual homeowner, I a hundred percent am doing this. A ten foot tall demon will be in my yard, uh, three hundred sixty five days a year. <laughs> I'm keeping Halloween decorations up all year. I'll probably take them down for the month of December and switch them with Christmas ones. And then as soon as November or as soon as really December twenty six kicks in, back to Halloween decorations. Like, I am also. 
I mean, I you know probably have a pretty good idea of which neighbor it is who wrote this bullshit. I am taking every egg that I own and just peppering this motherfucker's house with these eggs. Like this son of a bitch has just become. It will. It would now be, if this neighbor, if it is just one neighbor, which it kind of looks like this is written to two different people, but let's just say it's one neighbor. If this neighbor had any fucking chutzpah to him or her, he or she would make this person's life a living hell. Uh, basically until that person like had either a mental breakdown or just, you know, had a couple of U-Haul trucks sitting out front <laughs> and their asses are moving cross country. I would make it my life's mission. The pettiness that I have as a decently young man um, is pretty staggering. It, I don't know if there is a thing in this world that gives me more pleasure than getting even. And not even just getting even. Because getting even is fucking pointless. you got to get at least a one step up above even. Um, it is... I mean, it is just... It's the greatest feeling in the world. To know that someone is angry for something they shouldn't be angry about. Now, if this was... Now, if there was a 10-foot-tall statue of, you know, like a penis in the front yard, or, you know, or if, like, the demon was standing straight up and then there was, like, a 10-foot-tall demon on its knees in front, you know, given an old, uh, an old-fashioned, then, yeah, I <laughs> maybe write a note. Uh, maybe check with the HOA. But if this if you're if it's the day after halloween and you are just this angry that there are halloween decorations up fuck you like you're you're getting it and i am vandalizing this house so much which i've done i'll be honest a fair amount of vandalism in my life <laughs> i've been fired from jobs for vandalism um now granted i've never done anything that was a permanent Vandal, permanent vandalizing. I've never like broken anything. Like I've never busted out someone's window or some shit like that. These are all like harmless vandal vandalizing. Paintballs mostly, and eggs sometimes. But then I found out that eggs apparently can like strip the paint off a car. So I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. So see, I have a bit of a conscience. But like you know, putting a scoop of peanut butter under someone's car door handle, always a fun time. Um. Did have a, a bit of a habit of um, <laughs> being, you know, with the boys and uh, getting a slingshot and some paintballs and just peppering people while we're driving down the road. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily my proudest moment, but I am pretty proud of it because it was it's a blast. And I highly recommend it to anyone who, you know, doesn't have shit to do. If you grow up in a city like I did, there's not a whole lot to do except vandalize shit and uh, just get plastered drunk, which um, definitely check both of those boxes. So, anyways, I'm pulling out the old bag of tricks and I'm fucking this person's shit up until the next Halloween. <laughs> and I'm also going into an insane amount of debt just in order to buy even more elaborate Halloween decorations. And I'm leaving them up until I'm leaving them up as long as possible. And I, yeah, I'm just, and I'm smiling, waving at the neighbor every time I see them. Fuck that neighbors suck. And I know, you know, according to the old fucking Bible, 
Uh, probably shouldn't have said fucking Bible, but <laughs> oh well. You know the King, the fucking the King fucking James's Bible. Um, love that neighbor. Fuck all of my. I've never really had a neighbor who wasn't a complete prick, um, and or meth addict. So yeah. Anyways, I just thought this was hilarious because I I will say as much as I love Christmas. It does bother me when people leave their Christmas decorations up like too long, but where I differ and where I think I'm a you know decently okay person is that I would never write a, a note to someone about anything. Never. Either say that shit to them in person or keep your goddamn mouth shut. That's the rule of thumb. If you are not if you would not be willing to say this person to say this to this person face to face. You're a bitch. Keep your mouth shut. I now granted that that mindset has not always worked out for me. <laughs> I've been um well, I've been kicked in the back of the head real fucking hard before for uh <laughs> doing that exact thing. So maybe don't take my advice if we're just being honest. So, anyways, there's the first uh story of the day. Let's move on to a little bit of news, shall we? Oh boy. So Oh my god. Just to be I I ate some questionable food the other night and it has boy it is leaving its mark. So I don't know if that uh I don't know if that goddamn flatulation picked up on the old but if it did sorry not sorry. So uh Mike Johnson. So I I think this is the new speaker of the house if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not going to pretend like I am an expert on politics by any means, nor do I really even give a shit. Um, never voted, probably never will. Might might throw in a uh, you know throw in a vote for the old uh, RFK Jr. just for fun, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about him, <laughs> and I don't care. I mean, it means fucking nothing. So, anyways, Mike Johnson, I believe, is the new Speaker of the House, and if you get into politics, obviously. Every time you move up, people are going to start digging in, finding out, hmm, is there something in this person's past that is odd, criminal, uh, perverted, disgusting, anything? Well, (laughs) boy, did Mike Johnson uh, have some skeletons in the old closet. So Mike Johnson admits he and his son monitor each other's porn intake in a resurfaced video. I'm proud to quote from Speaker of the House. I'm proud to tell you my son has got a clean slate. Uh, now let me tell you something, Mike Johnson. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I, as a former, which I, th- oh boy, I should have paid way more attention to this article. I have a tendency to just read headlines and say, well, I've pretty much learned all I need to know. And that really is never the case. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Mike Johnson's son was about, was like young teens and him and his son, apparently Mike Johnson maybe had a bit of a porn problem. Which I don't think exists, but apparently to some people they think they're watching too much porn. Um, I mean, as long as you're not you know jerking off in you know as long as, as long as you're not at the self checkout at Target jerking off, you don't really have a problem. I mean, if you're in your house by yourself whacking one out, I mean, even if you did it ten times a day, who gives a shit? That shit ain't a problem. I mean, out of out of all the problems a person can have, it's a pretty mild one. Apparently, Mike Johnson thinks porn is evil, and that him and his son, uh, him and his son, have this like app 
which is actually a pretty common. It's like one of these like crazy fucking Christian apps where it like restricts you from porn, but it also like notifies another person. It's an accountability, which I think it says on here. Yeah, it's an account accountability partner where you like hold each other accountable for like your porn intake, which you know people do it with like, alcohol and drugs. Like AA has a you know pretty big part of that is you have a sponsor who you hold each other accountable. All that shit. Porn isn't an is not an addiction. It's not a drug. It's I mean, it's fun. <laughs> it is very fun to watch porn, and you know, in a lot of ways, um, I would say more enjoyable than actual intercourse, at least for me. I mean, and, and you know, and I'll go ahead and speak on behalf of the uh, the unfortunate, you know, ladies that I've been with, but. It couldn't have been that fun for them either. So I don't think that I am not, you know, taking their feelings into consideration here. Uh, but it is, it's just easier. It's way easier. You're way less likely to make a bad decision. And, uh, you know, I've definitely been there before where it's like, oh, this, this, this is probably going to be the one that ends up killing me. <laughs> this is going to be the one where I start getting lesions and losing a lot of weight and um, hearing uh, Bruce Springsteen music playing in the background. Yeah. Philadelphia is what I'm referring to in case anyone is lost on that. But, um, yeah, so hard to get an STD from watching porn. Now, granted, I've watched some porn that was... I kind of felt, I felt a little icky afterwards. Nothing like, obviously nothing like illegal or, I mean, actually by most standards, probably not even that crazy. It's just for me, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of bland when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I mean, not like, you know, strictly, you know, like missionary, keep our eyes closed. Like, <laughs> not like that, but. You know, I'm not fucking giving anybody a rusty hook or something. But you don't know what a rusty hook is when you stick your finger up your ass and then you pull someone's mouth back. So, uh, yeah, not doing that. So I think that's probably pretty good. Mike Johnson, on the other hand, <laughs> there's no telling what that creepy son of a bitch is up to. But the fact that, like, you and your, that, like, <clears throat> now I can understand a parent wanting to be, like, not wanting their kid to watch porn. Because it is kind of a thing of like, boy, that's weird. But if you are a parent, your kid's watching porn. Your kid's jerking off to something. You might as well let him watch porn because he'll find something to jerk off to. And the last thing you want is for <laughs> is for that to get uh is for him to start getting turned on by you know the mannequins at J.C. Penney. <laughs> let him you know save it for the privacy of his own bedroom. Um, and really, anytime you put like a um, a bit of, you know some shame into sex boy that seems to be a when things start to go awry for a lot of people um if you just kind of like leave your kid up to their own devices and not like encourage them not be like you know sending him links <laughs> be like jesus look at the fucking throat skills on this woman like you know probably don't do that um that could definitely give a bit of a uh complex but just pretend like it do what all parents should do and pretend like something isn't happening if you think your kid's on drugs pretend it isn't happening 
you think your kid's jerking off, pretend he's not doing it. Just pretend like your kid doesn't know what porn is. Don't fucking sit there and like shit on him for watching porn because it's a it's what everyone in the world does. Um, but oh, yeah, definitely don't encourage. I don't know which one would actually be weirder now that I think about it. Like which one I would rather have a parent who like gets angry and like makes you shameful for watching porn or one who's like proud of you for watching porn. <laughs> uh, yeah, ugh, that's rough. So anyways, this shit is hilarious to me, but not so the, so the parent side of this of like, yeah, like I monitor my kids, you know, porn habits, like ah, weird, but I kind of get it. It's, the, it's the other 50% of what this is. And that's that his son is <laughs> asked to be accountable for his dad, which no child is supposed to be accountable for their parent. It is, that is not how it works. So for his son to be like having to, you know, get an alert on his phone, like, huh, let's see, uh, midgets covered in whipped cream. <laughs> He's like, God damn, no, <laughs> dad, how could you? Like that is, that's not good. Um, yeah, Mike Johnson, you boy, you have, you have made a mess of your life, man. Oh, well, uh, anyways, let's just move past this because it's making my fucking skin crawl. Um, ba, 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 ba. let's see next. Oh, here we go. Somewhat related. <laughs> so an artificial insemination. So artificial insemination tanks were stolen in the County Tyrone, which County Tyrone is already kind of hilarious. And if I were to become a rapper, that is a hundred percent going to be my rap name. Um, anyways, apparently somebody stole a fuck ton of insemination tanks filled to the brim <laughs> with bulges. And now I don't want to point fingers, but the last time I went to IHOP, the gravy was a bit tangy. <laughs> I'm not saying that that is that that IHOP gets their gravy from bull semen insemination tanks, but kind of seems that way. So, all in all, just not good. Uh, let's not uh, you know dwell too much on that because, boy, I am my stomach is a little tore up right now, and me thinking about. Covering a fucking chicken fried steak in bulges is not going to do me any favors. Alright, so next. It's true. People do poop a lot in ride lines at Disneyland and Disney World. As someone who has been to Disney World twice. Not bragging. Um, <laughs> I can vouch. Let me tell you something. Uh, Disney World. Now, I've never been to Disneyland. Because... Um, why the fuck? I mean, Disney World, way fucking bigger and better than Disneyland. Disney World is one thing, like, you won't realize, like, that you don't know about Disney World before you go, is that it is, like, pretty much every single country has someone in Disney World when you're there. Like, the line in a Disney World is basically like a sample of like, it's like, 
it's like the United Nations. <laughs> like you, there are people holding like Brazilian flags, J- Japanese flags, like like literally carrying flags with like a group of people. It's bizarre. It's like you're at the World Cup. Um, like you may see someone that looks exactly like you, and you say, "Oh, hey, how are you doing?" And then they will start speaking to you in Swedish, and you're like, "That's not something I'm used to," but that's still kind of cool as shit that like. People come around the from around the world to this little, you know, to the middle of a fucking swamp in what is arguably one of the most uh, dangerous, insane states out of the fifty. So, and different people have different customs. There is a group of people who I am not even going to name. Wherever this, wherever your mind goes right now, that's on you. There is a group of people from. Pretty much one country who have a real hard time not just dropping trow and shitting in the middle of public. <laughs> and it's actually not Cajuns, which I know is probably most people's guess. Anyone who's been to New Orleans would know that that would be uh, the likely group. Um, no. There's, <laughs> there's just a different group of people um, from, let's just go a little further east, who have to be reminded <laughs> when you're at Disney World, you will see signs that are written in a specific language <laughs> that you kind of have to be part of that group to understand what the signs are, that are asking you, please don't shit in the line. <laughs> like, we have bathrooms for you. Like... Now, are they going to be the cleanest of bathrooms? No, 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 no. But bathrooms nonetheless. And it would just be kind of nice if you wouldn't pull your pants down, squat down, and drop a three-coil splitter uh, <laughs> right in the middle of the Pirates of the Caribbean line. Yeah. And and look, I mean, you will see every range of person at Disney World. It, it's the greatest sample size of the world, of like the globe. And all you got to do is just... Go through the line of, you know, whatever fucking, uh, what's, uh, I just blinked on fucking around. It's like Tower of Terror, which actually I don't even think is around anymore, but still, like, you go just through that line and it is every fucking group of people, which is awesome. Again, I'm not shitting on that. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're just, people do things differently in different parts of the world. And hey, I am, now if I went to your place, I can't tell you not to do that. That'd be fucking crazy of me. But, <laughs> as much of a shithole as Florida is, I mean, you can't be doing that. And they do. Boy, do they do. And, I mean, I've saw all kinds of scumbag behavior at Disney World. What do you think is the happiest place on Earth? You shouldn't be seeing anything, like, morally questionable. But I also saw somebody in a wheelchair hop out of that wheelchair and switch with the other person in their group. <laughs> so either I was seeing an actual miracle or I was seeing some people uh, basically swindle their way into getting through the line faster. Which is good on you. I mean, if there's a hell, you're definitely going. But, you know, if not, then shit, you just got to not wait an extra hour and a half to... Look at fucking creepy animatronics of all the presidents. Anyways, moving on. All right, man. This is a sad day. 
So Omegle has officially shut down. <laughs> Let me tell you, oh man. As someone who, in general, pretty weird human being, um, at least I, you know, I tend to think so. Um, Omegle is definitely one of those uh, sites that I spend a lot of time on now. Now, now that Omegle's gone, I don't know where you're gonna, you know, where you're gonna be bombarded by penises. Um, I mean, I guess you could, you know. I mean, I know you could audition for a movie. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I mean, if you're if you're a woman auditioning for a movie, I guess you're basically in a in a live action Omegle. But, uh, yeah, or if you're playing football at Penn State, is that's I mean, what is it, Sandusky? Not good. Anyways, um. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on Omegle. And actually, it was pretty fun. Like in the, you know, I'm talking like in, like when did that, what was, there was one before Omegle. Or maybe, I don't know if it was before, but I found, I used it before. Chat, 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 chat. Chat roulette. Fucking chat roulette. Chat roulette was awesome. Uh, Yeah. Definitely had to sift through a lot of penises. But, you know. Every once in a while, you see somebody, you're like, eh, this is a pretty cool person. And I actually met some people who were, like, pretty interesting. I actually, like, I remember using Omegle because I've read somewhere that, like, there are people who would go on there who, you know, from different countries and, like, would help you learn. Like, let's say you're, uh, so, like, me, American jackass, speaks English decently well, um but I really want to learn French. Well, there's going to be people on Omegle who are from France. They also want to like better their English. So you might meet people who, you know, you can learn languages from whoever wrote that was uh, a goddamn liar. <laughs> Cause I mean, now unless some of the people uh, behind the dicks were, um, you know, fluent, <laughs> were also, you know, trying to learn uh, a language too. Then, yeah, maybe so, but, boy, it did just turn into a big old penis farm. But, again, every once in a while you meet somebody who's actually, like, kind of cool. And I actually was going to turn that into, like, a segment of me just for, like, 15 minutes going on Omegle and seeing what happened. Um, and then I had to kind of work out, like, whether that was, like, actually okay. Like, can you record people on Omegle? On Omegle? Guess I don't have to worry about that now because the fucking thing shut down, like, the day after uh I thought about doing that. So, anyways, I guess that'll actually do it for the old news stories. I have some videos to watch. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Fuck me! What is going on? All right, R for right. Don't want to put the left one in there. Your goddamn head will explode. All right. So let's see what we got for the videos today. First one. Okay, so we got some more. <laughs> Hold on. Bag it up. So we got somebody riding a bike in the middle of the road, which is always a great idea. And, look, I know that, I mean, I don't know if this is, like, in every state, like, if every state has the same rules as far as this goes. But as far as I know, 
if you're riding a bicycle, you are the you have the right of way as the pedestrian or whatever the law is. That law should be changed. If you are in the middle of the road, the road is meant for cars that are going whatever that fucking speed limit is. If you aren't able to keep up, if you're on a road that the speed limit is 60 miles per hour, you better get those fucking legs going. Because unless you're also going 60 miles per hour, you deserve to be just, you deserve to have a fucking headlight shoved right into your fucking rectum. And it seems to be that that's what happened to this uh, young man. So here we go. Look, let's look again. Just going down. <laughs> yeah. Which it actually, I mean, from the angle, it looks like they did kind of try to get around him, which is hilarious because you either do or you don't. So the fact that they even like tried to get around him, but still were like, well, I'm not going to go over all the way. is <laughs> amazing. Uh, which they probably were just doing for their dash cam just to be like, well, look, officer, I did try to go around. Let's see. Let me just try this one more time. And boom. I mean, just God, the fucking Oh, so if you've ever had road rash, oh my God. I mean, I haven't had that shit since I was like a little kid from riding bikes. It's one of the worst feelings ever. Like whenever you try to put on like, like if you get road rash on like your legs or like, and you try to put on pants afterwards and it's just pull. pull. Um, that being said, I mean, this fucker deserved it. And I know that I guess legally the person riding the car is at fault. They shouldn't be. They should be let go. This son of a bitch with the on the bike should have been should be locked up. Uh, I mean, my God, there's is there there is there nowhere else you can ride a bicycle except the middle of a road, which it looks to be kind of like a back road, sort of, but like a nice. I mean, not a back road, but like I mean, he's on the goddamn on like I ninety five or anything, but <laughs> which would also be no surprise considering how you know, the fucking audacity of the fucking bicyclist. And I'll be, I mean, if I could get away with it, like if I knew 100% that I would be able to get away with it, I would smoke every one of these motherfuckers in my little Honda CR8 or whatever the fuck my car is. Um, yeah, I would, I would clean up. <laughs> All right, next. Nothing wrong ever happens on that except that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you're on one of these. God damn, where am I? Yeah, if you're on one of these, you have to know that it was built by someone who was either 13 years old or a massive methamphetamine addict. Or a combination of both. Now, if you... You should know this. As a, just a person who lives. <laughs> like, if... It's not something that you, like... It's not something... It's just... A, that's just a thing that you should, like, almost inherently learn. Um, or inherently know. So, when you go on one, you have to be under the impression that this thing is probably going to break at some point because somebody was too busy lighting uh, lighting up a spoon and forgot to put a couple lug nuts <laughs> in the right spot. And look at this. So, it's going right here. It starts to break and oh, and everything. <laughs> Oh, 
All right, here we go. Welcome back. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I just lost like 30 pounds. 
<laughs> in in about seven minutes. So that's that's good news. Um, that'll be my version of Ozempic. Is just to eat some questionable food from a taco stand and shit out about. I would say probably 10 pounds of feces and 20 pounds of things that I hope weren't needed. (laughs) Guess I'll find out. So, all right. So now I guess speaking of that, we're going to do a little bit of this or that. So again, point of the old segment, bring up two things that are pretty heavily debated, uh, debated amongst uh, people. And I'm going to, in real time, decide which one I like better. And you do the same, whatever one you uh, like. I'll probably start doing a poll on this to see if, like, my if I compare with the, you know, the rest of people. But I forgot to do that for this, so that will not be happening right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the so we're gonna go through this or that. With the two, I would say, most popular pizza chains of all time. And that would be Domino's and Pizza Hut. Now, for me. Alright, so let's do a little pros and cons here. So Domino's. Pros. Pro, here, let me remove the Pizza Hut. So, for Domino's. Pros of Domino's. Um, crust. Much Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pull up Pizza Hut too. So, the pros of Domino's, crust is much better here than it is here. Domino's crust, better than Pizza Hut's crust. Um, Without a doubt. Domino's seasons the crust, Pizza Hut, I don't know if they do, but it sure doesn't seem like they do. Domino's, better uh, selection of toppings. Pizza Hut, toppings are better in general. Domino, better, a bigger selection of toppings. Domino's delivery. So, okay. That's actually pretty much does it with Domino's. Now, pros of Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut's delivery, much better than uh, Domino's delivery. Pizza Hut's... So, Pizza Hut's non-pizza, which I don't know if that should be included necessarily because it is kind of like which one has a better pizza. It's not which one has a better pizza. It's which one is a better place. Pizza Hut has better shit that isn't pizza. Pizza Hut's wings are damn near some of the best wings ever. Uh, and their pasta is actually really goddamn good. Now, just to let a little bit of a, you know, pull back the curtain on what kind of a fat fucking slob I used to be. Now, granted, still am, but I, I mean, it used to be way worse. Used to get hammered quite a bit. Saturday night, blacked out. Sunday, wake up feeling like absolute dog shit wake up at about two o'clock um be like god damn i need something to eat definitely i'm not driving because like i can't even fucking see straight i'm ordering pizza which one am i ordering that actually probably is what is how you know which one's better like which one would you rather have hung over and or drunk because now granted neither one of these two fucking places are (laughs) like that good um, but if you are drunk and or hammered, uh, I mean, and or hung over, boy, it makes a difference. And for me, I, I always went, no one out pizzas the hut. I went with pizza hut 
every single time. I mean, now, I guess there were some times where I went with the old uh, Domino's. Boy, I'm having a hard time with left and right here. So, Domino's here, Pizza Hut here. Oh, anyways, so Domino's, I definitely went with them a few times. And it was always kind of a letdown. Pizza Hut. I used to <laughs> wake up and I would get either that fucking big box thing that has like two medium pizzas and wings and shit in it and eat damn near the whole thing. Or I would get a large stuffed crust pizza. Again, another thing that Domino's fucks up on. As far as I know, they don't have a stuffed crust. Pizza Hut does. The more cheese you can add, the better. Like a little mouse. And, uh, yeah. So, give me uh, three feet of mozzarella sticks melted into a fucking crust of a pizza. Yeah. Taking it. Pizza Hut has that. And I used to get the large stuffed crust pepperoni and jalapeno pizza. Cover that some bitch in ranch, which I know is like sacrilege. And I really only do that if it's pepperoni and jalapeno because that shit just fucking tastes amazing. I would eat that and also eat a fucking chicken Alfredo bowl. <laughs> which I don't know what the calories on that is. But I, if I had to guess, probably about 7,000 calories <laughs> that I'm knocking out in about 15 minutes. Um so thank God I don't do that anymore. And that's why I'm, you know, so skinny. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think I really just, I settled this one a little quicker than I thought I would. I actually thought Domino's was going to give, uh, you know, I thought Domino's might give Pizza Hut a bit of a run for its money. It didn't. Uh, <laughs> but that kind of shows people, I guess, the uh, the way in which my mind works. Because I do like to debate things in my head quite a bit. And that's basically the whole point of this is like vocalizing my, you know, debate. So, yeah. No one out pizzas the hut. Pizza Hut wins without a doubt. Oh, and the Pizza Hut buffet, which they just brought back, I think, not that long ago. Pizza Hut buffet kicks. I mean, Domino's doesn't have that. Uh, every time you go into a Domino's, it feels like you're not supposed to be inside of the Domino's. <laughs> like, every time I've gone and like gotten just a pickup from Domino's, I'm like, am I allowed to be in here? Because no one else is in here. It's me and, like, three other, like, 15-year-olds that are working there who I don't think have a clue what's going on. I've never been inside a Domino's and there was another person inside of the Domino's. Pizza Hut, yeah, they got a fucking buffet. They have, like... They used to have awesome arcade games. God, Pizza Hut was fucking amazing. Yeah, Pizza Hut. Night and day. Uh, take this off. Pizza Hut. You win, buddy. Make you a little bigger. Yep. Pizza Hut wins by a long shot. I mean, it's not even fucking close. So that'll do that. So there it is. That's the best pizza chain in the fucking world. If you disagree, leave a comment. If you agree, leave a comment. Let me know. Because I am actually kind of curious of, like, which one is bigger. Like, more, hmm. I'll probably just go ahead and make the poll anyways, because why not? But, yeah, Pizza Hut's so much fucking better. So, anyways, uh, that'll do that. And let's move on to a little bit of the old my uh, Mount Rush. All right. So, now we're going to do the uh, my Mount Rushmore segment of the old show. So, I have been... For the past couple of weeks, I'd say maybe a week or two, um, I like re-subscribed to Disney Plus, 
And I was like, you know what? I want to, because I'm possibly on the, I'm a bit on the spectrum. <laughs> and I like to do things like, that I, I think is fun to do, but I'm sure a lot of people are probably like, Jesus Christ, this motherfucker needs to be locked away. But I was like, you know what? I would like to go through the history of Disney <laughs> and watch every one of their animated films from the first till the most recent. And like watch the progression over time of like the animation, the, you know, like the modernization of it. Like, uh, yeah. And like the time of Walt Disney being alive, which if you don't know, Walt Disney died during the making of the Jungle Book. So pretty much Jungle Book back under the direct supervision of Walt Disney, Jungle Book forward. Um, Not. I mean, there was like a little bit of time, I think Roy Disney, his brother was doing a lot of it. And then, of course, like Michael Eisner comes in. Michael Eisner makes like what is definitely like the peak of Disney. And so what I'm going to do is, so I went through all of them and I watched every one of them, including the Pixar movies, which that's going to be separate from this. Um, I am going to do the, my, my Mount Rushmore of the four best Disney animated films, not including Pixar. Um, this is just the actual like 2d animation films. So, number one, hands down, and I know Mount Rushmore is not necessarily in order. I might actually do these in order. Number one, without a doubt, The Lion King. There is, I mean, Lion King would be in my top ten just greatest movies of all time. Not even animated or Disney, whatever. Like, Lion King is one of the most perfect movies ever made. The fucking... I mean, the well, the music, I mean, Disney already fucking amps it up with the music. But, again, no Disney movie has the music line. I mean, goddamn, Elton John and Hans Zimmer, like two of the greatest writers of all time. I mean, as far as, like, actually writing music. Obviously, Elton John didn't write lyrics and neither did Hans Zimmer. But, like, actual creating music, orchestrating music, they're the two best. Elton John's the best pop version. And Hans Zimmer might be the greatest composer of all time, even over, like, Beethoven, Mozart, Bach, like... Uh, Chopin, like any of those, like Hans Zimmer might be the greatest composer of all time. Uh, yeah. And then you have the voice acting Lion King is fucking James Earl Jones, Matthew Broderick, Whoopi Goldberg, Jeremy Irons, which Jeremy Irons voice is the greatest villain voice of all time. Um, who else? Cheech Marin, Rowan Atkinson, Nathan Lane. That's about all I can really think of. I feel like there's more. Oh, and, like, Little Kid Simba is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, start to finish. And has what is arguably, like, one of the most intense ten minutes in movie history. The fucking Wildebeest Chase is one. Of the, is still to this day one of the most intense movie scenes of all time. And then followed by what is one of the saddest movie scenes of all time. So, I will say that I bitched out when I was rewatching it this time and skipped through the, uh, you know, like, Dad, we got to go. We got to go wake up. <laughs> I was like, I can't handle this shit right now. No way. So, did skip through that. But, yeah, Lion King number one. Uh, second movie on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, fast forward uh, four years, I think. Hercules. Now, okay, so t- to echo the Lion King thing, they need to stop doing the goddamn live action ones. 
They are not good. That Lion King live action one is one of the for Lion King original 1994 Lion King to have this such a high peak, and then for the live action one to have such a low drop off. It is um. I, there's never I don't think ever been a movie where the remake was that much worse than the original. No way. And and obviously Lion King is just fucking Hamlet with goddamn lions, but. Like, you can't do live action with animals and make it interesting. Can't fucking happen, because animals don't have goddamn human emotions. They aren't human. Lying, like, lions don't have... Like, how how does a lion show that it thinks something is funny? Never seen a lion laugh before. Um, just one of those things. Also never seen them plot the uh, murder of their own brother. But, you know, there's that. Um, that being said, they should do a Hercules one. Because they are fucking people. And, yeah. Would work better. Hercules, amazing. Um, fucking Rip, ta- uh, Rip Torn. J- uh, James Woods. Bobcat Goldthwait. You know, heavy hitters. <laughs> that are in Hercules. Goddamn, when you're going from James Earl Jones and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, Hercules is... Which, already a big fan of Greek mythology... And Hades is like to me the still like the cool, probably one of the coolest villains in movie history. Hercules, and then goddamn Michael Bolton going the distance. If you got Michael Bolton doing your songs, you should be on every fucking Mount Rushmore. Um, so Hercules number the second one, third one, Jungle Book. Now, <laughs> hey, when you watch Jungle Book, now there's some questionable shit in it. And even Disney Plus does that bullshit where it's like makes you watch this like fifteen second thing of like we um, we understand that this is a b- 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 showing a it's a depiction that is unfavorable and you know whatever it goes through that bullshit where they're trying to cover their asses, um, but instead of removing it, we would like to go and play its content in its entirety in its original form uh, to spark a conversation. Yeah, it ain't sparking a fucking conversation. It just makes you feel like, goddamn Disney, you're a bunch of bitches. Um, now, I will say, some of these Disney movies, when I was rewatching, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> There's some where it's like, ah, okay, this probably needs a bit of a heads up for the uh, 2023 viewer. But Jungle Book has one. I'm like, what the fuck is in Jungle Book that is so bad? And, and I was, then they get to the scene with uh, King Louie. You're like, hmm. Now, I don't know if it's... Disney being racist by having all of the orangutans and monkeys be African-American voice actors like Louis Prima and which I don't know. Is Louis Prima black or Italian or both? Hmm. That's a tough one, but I know all the other ones are <laughs> there. They're, they are straight up, uh, 1960s, uh, African-American, uh, Voices, for sure. Now, I don't know if that's Disney being racist, or is it racist to make that connection? Hmm. It, kind of a bit of a um, a chicken, chicken and the egg situation here. Because, <laughs> like, if I'm drawing the conclusion, and that wasn't their intention at all, no one thought that then, and I'm drawing the conclusion, doesn't that make me racist? Because otherwise... Hmm. 
But I think Disney, given their track record, they probably knew what they were doing. Because <laughs> like Planet of the Apes, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. It's like Michael Clark Duncan <laughs> as a gorilla, which, boy, when you watch that, like, and I'm not saying that Tim Burton was like, it has to be him. <laughs> but, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan is a large man who is an amazing, was an amazing actor with, like, goddamn one of the coolest voices ever. So, like, I can kind of understand, like, if you're having, like, a powerful character in a movie... Shit, you would want Michael Clark Duncan. But, oh, it doesn't look good. But does it look bad, too, to be like, well, he can't do that because of the... I don't know, man. I'm too fucking stupid to be able to... to I shouldn't maybe even brought this up at all. <laughs> uh, my, I'm going switch, <laughs> to switch gears. So, anyways, Jungle Book's number, uh, the third one. And then fourth one... Um, fourth one's going to be... Uh, God damn it. Another one that <laughs> really uh, did not age too well. Peter Pan. Boy, when I was rewatching, I was like, God damn, I do fucking love this movie. But then again, <laughs> once they get to the uh, Native American scene, you're like, God damn, could they have. They literally could not have made these motherfuckers a brighter tone of red. <laughs> like, they are like glowing red. The entire time, you're like, oh, what the fuck? You could have just made him, like, kind of brownish, like a little brownish red, like a clay color. Like, holy fuck, you have him, like, lit up like an LED. Like, like they all look like fucking stoplights. Like, this isn't good. And, like, how they talk. I mean, you're like, holy shit. Like, like the first word that a Native American says is, how? <laughs> Like, oh no, why'd you come on? But then again, that movie was made in like 1953 or 55, something like that. I mean, I'm not saying it's an excuse, but holy shit, I mean, that that's a rough one when I was watching Peter Pan. But goddamn, the movie's amazing. Captain Hook, fucking, I know I sound like a real fucking nerd right now, like losing my shit over Disney movies, but I fucking love Disney movies. And I try to keep, you know, the child in me. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, I try to keep, hold on to that a little bit. And Disney Plus, like, when that came out, I was like, holy fuck, this is going to do it because I get to rewatch all these movies that I loved as a kid. It does hit you with that nostalgia shit. And yeah, makes you feel good. It, nostalgia is a drug, 100%. Like, it makes you feel like, yeah. So I don't know. I know I seem like a fucking dweeb, but oh well. So, anyways. So that'll do the old Mount Rushmore. I need to fucking take a break because I feel like I am really, uh, like, I think I'm, I'm like, self-destructing on this thing. <laughs> like, I have sabotaged whatever, you know, little bit of a uh, come-up I've had in this old podcast, uh, I think, single-handedly by this segment. So I think we should all probably take a break and... uh We'll just, we'll just pretend like this part didn't happen. And um, <laughs> I'll come back with a little bit of the old uh, where that come from. Try to, you know, try to right the, uh, right the wrongs of this last segment and uh, get things back on track. So with that being said, going to take a small break. Might have to shit again. And then I'll come back with the old uh, where that come from.
So here we. All right. So do a little bit of the old where that come from. This one kind of going into, well, I guess in some ways the roots of like two different words, um, but all having to do with uh, which hand you use. I myself a bit of a switch hitter, um, <laughs> hey yo, but forever, like almost what seems to be almost all of human history, for at least two thousand years, it seems being left-handed was seen as kind of a curse. Like it was just highly frowned upon. I mean, it was seen as like downright evil to be left-handed. And even like today, if you look most, almost all products that are, um, made for a single hand are right-handed. Um, actually 90% of people in the world today are right-handed. So the, yeah, at least, I mean, nine out of 10 people are right-handed. So anytime you have one group, a massive uh, anytime you have a massive percentage of the population doing one thing, they're always going to see the other percentage as being like something being wrong with them. Like, why wouldn't you be with us? The other 90%, like, why would you be in this little group? And, you know, now we just know that like your brain just favors, like now we just know that at some point, like your brain starts to favor one, um, hand over the other, whether that's genetic or learned or whatever it may be. Um, but you know, for thousands of years, it was seen as having a child who favored their left hand, that there was something evil about this child, like something cursed about this child. Uh, and it plays a part in religion. So like in Islam, uh, you know, part of like the Islamic faith is to never use like your left hand for human interaction, which is why if you go to a country that is a predominantly uh, Islamic country and someone sticks out their left hand to give you a handshake, boy, <laughs> they're pulling a fast one on you. Um, uh, like in the Bible, it refers to, you know, the left hand as being um, like kind of a sign of evil um, in like satanic mythology. Uh, the devil would baptize people with his left hand instead of his right hand. Um, and even like the worship of Satan and like the diving into the occult and black magic and all that is known as the left hand path. So you have the right hand path, which in the Bible refers to, you know, heaven and glory and Jesus and the left hand path, which is hell, Satan, um, the occult, all of that. Uh, but even not even in just religion, like the ancient Romans. So while, you know, the religion is forming like Christianity is on all these things, fucking the ancient Romans saw the left hand, like saw left as being like a bad thing. So like the ancient Romans would use sometimes use like a flock of birds as a, an omen. And if they were about to do something, looked up and saw a flock of birds flying to the left. That means this is a bad omen. We shouldn't do this. It even played parts in like war, like whether they were going to go to battle. Like if they were about to go to battle and birds were flying left, they're like, ah, fuck it. We're not doing it. Like the left, for some reason, is just seen as being fucking evil. And kind of kicking into or like keeping up with like the Roman side of it. In Latin, 
left, the word left in Latin is sinistra, which is where we get the word sinister. So sinister literally just comes from the Latin word for left because anything to the left is fucking evil. Along those lines, um, the word dexterous in Latin means skilled and strong, durable, like dexterous, like ambidextrous, um, has dexterity, like all that comes from dexterous. Dexterous comes from the Latin word dexter, which means right. So sinister, left, dexterous, dexterity, right. So yeah, that's a little bit of the history of the old left-handed cursed evil uh stuff so take a little break and now we'll do a little bit of a half-ass history all right so first person we're going to talk about today is a person a woman who arguably one of the most famous women of the 20th century very revolutionary person uh i mean a name that is still very very famous today but had a dark side that is um, not really talked about that much. person I'm referring to is Coco Chanel. So Coco Chanel became massively famous during World War One, like that or that's whenever she really started to get a name for herself was in World War One. Um, a little bit after that, Coco Chanel starts becoming friends with Winston Churchill. She ends up banging one of Churchill's friends. They kind of have like a you know, a little bit of a tryst together. Um, then in 1940, the Nazis take over Paris. This is, you know, kind of kickstarting into World War II. Obviously, it had begun the year before <clears throat> with the Nazi invasion of Poland. Uh, Nazi invasion of Poland in 1939. Then you have 1940, the Nazis take over Paris. Coco Chanel, her, you know, empire is built out of Paris. So she starts to get worried like, oh, fuck. Like, am I, you know, am I going to be screwed by this? Well, she ends up doing what she was very good at, which is kind of flirting her way <laughs> into uh, safety and success. And she starts banging a Nazi. The Nazi that she starts having uh, an affair with is a fellow by the name of Baron Hans Gunther von Dinklage. So old Hans is... Uh, pretty high-ranking Nazi, and Coco Chanel and him start having a, you know, a uh, pretty big romantic connection. Well, now, part of what Coco Chanel is having this connection with him for is that, you know, she is, so Coco Chanel's fully aware the Nazis are uh, rounding up all of the Jewish people in Europe, including France, and sending them away, basically stripping them of any of their rights, any uh, property, uh, possessions, money, like taking everything from them and rounding them up, putting them in ghettos, and then eventually would send them to concentration camps. Well, part of what is included in the you know stripping of the Jewish people from you know what they own and what's rightfully theirs is taking away ownership of business. Well where this becomes part of Coco Chanel's story is that Coco Chanel's perfume line, which, you know, very, very successful even back then, is backed by a family who happened to be Jewish. And because they're backing her perfume line, they get a share of the profits. They're putting up money, so they get a percentage, like any business owner would. Well, 
Coco Chanel decides to work her way in with this high-ranking Nazi that she's having sex with and has that family stripped of any of their business rights and sent away. So, yeah, Coco Chanel, (laughs) that's a real piece of shit. Um, And then, yeah, so she ends up having full control over her uh, perfume line, so she ends up becoming way more uh, wealthy. Meanwhile, the Jewish family who had, you know, helped raise up this business are now being sent away, uh, you know, into the ghettos and then eventually, you know, well, doesn't go too well for them. Uh, so then at this point, Coco Chanel is getting deeper and deeper in with the Nazis, uh, and starts to become a spy for the Nazis. Uh, and eventually is, goes to Madrid to do like basically, to gather in business information. Like she's going there as a business representative to Madrid to gather information that could be useful to the Nazis and to Hitler's, you know, military, uh, you know, forces. And she goes to Madrid to try to get this information. Ends up being like, we're kind of working, but not really. Then... They say, okay, well, you were having sex with one of Winston Churchill's friends, so you already know Winston Churchill pretty well. Uh, How would you like to go try to spy on Winston Churchill? And she's like, all right. That ends up becoming a massive disaster. (laughs) Needless to say, she is not able to gather any information from Winston Churchill, and that basically makes the Nazis be like, "Uh, okay, fuck this woman. We are not wasting our time with her anymore. So Coco Chanel gets like kind of ousted by the Nazis and gets kind of publicly gets brought up publicly that she has been working alongside the Nazis. Well, that doesn't look good for Coco Chanel and she ends up being taken to court to like French court somehow worms her way out of any kind of punishment, jail time, business, punishment like she she has no monetary punishment like she walks away scot-free after (laughs) working alongside the most evil group of human beings in the history of the world and yeah so worms her way out of it completely and then basically spends you know a good portion of the post-world war ii time just paying people off to not ever mention the fact that she was not only sleeping with a high-ranking Nazi, but was working as a spy for Hitler's Nazi party. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a uh, story you may not know about Coco Chanel. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to half-ass history topic number. All right, so next topic involves a person that, to me, one of the most fascinating people on the planet. I don't know if... Everybody else feels that way, or if anybody else feels that way, whatever. To me, it's just fascinating for whatever reason. Is the filmmaker slash documentarian uh, Warner Herzog. <laughs> so, if you don't, so going to tell a pretty what I think is a pretty fascinating story about Warner Herzog. If you don't know who Warner Herzog is, I would say he's probably most famous for making the documentary Grizzly Man. Uh, a.k.a. the digestion of Timothy Treadwell. 
<laughs> and so Warner Herzog is the person making that documentary. He's the voice narrating it, you know, like the death of Timothy Treadwell. Like that voice you're hearing in the background the entire time that is one of the most like haunting and relaxing voices at the same time. Um, which I, pretty much after I watched that movie, I spent about, I would say, six months trying to talk like Warner Herzog about everything that happened <laughs> and just try to say it in his, you know, weird German accent. But regardless, so Warner Herzog, fascinating person, kind of has a rap of being a, Warner Herzog has a bit of a reputation of being uh, a little fiery. Or um, So Warner Herzog also made some made um, Nosferatu, he made a lot of movies with this fellow by the name of Klaus Kinski. Uh, Klaus Kinski, bit of a whack job as well. Not that Warner Herzog's a whack job, but like Warner Herzog is just kind of odd. Klaus Kinski was like legitimately insane. They were filming a movie in South America where um, at one point there was a plot by the people filming the movie to kill Klaus Kinski. Meanwhile, Klaus Kinski was going to kill Warner Herzog. Warner Herzog even fired like a warning shot over Klaus Kinski's head at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting fellow to say the least. Uh, I mean, there's also a story of Warner Herzog where he's doing an interview and somebody shoots at him and he like doesn't even flinch while everybody else ducks onto the ground. He just still sits there, like does not move while he got shot at. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he's also a huge fan of wrestling, which is hilarious to me. If you ever watch an interview with Warner Herzog, for some reason, Warner Herzog, you would never believe it, but Warner Herzog is a fan of wrestling and like an avid watcher of WrestleMania. <laughs> like the macho man, Randy Savage. Like, yeah, <laughs> interesting fella to say the least. Well, fast forward a little bit into Warner Herzog's life. Um, after making these movies, um, this is actually, I think the year after Grizzly Man came out, Warner Herzog has become pretty well known. Like that documentary put him like, I mean, he's already a well-known person, but puts him even higher. So in 2006, Warner Herzog is driving, uh, in Los Angeles and sees a car crash. And when the car crashes, the car flips and Warner Herzog gets out, runs over to like try to help the person that's in the car that has just crashed. Well, he sees the car flipped over, and inside the car is a person upside down trying to light a cigarette. And I guess like in a weird state of panic, and is just trying to light a cigarette. Warner Herzog's looking around and sees gasoline everywhere. He's like, "Oh, that's not good." So he grabs uh, the lighter out of the guy's hands, throws it. He's like, "Fuck, no, no, no! I got to get you out of here!" Like. You are going to die. Warner Herzog pulls the guy out of the car, you know, carries him away, rescues this guy, saves this guy's life. Well, the guy kind of like comes to and is more aware of what's going on, is looking around for the guy who saved him. Does not see him anywhere. Warner Herzog just rescued the guy and left. <laughs> didn't wait around, didn't say a word to the guy. Like, it's just like, nah, all right, I did what I'm supposed to do. I'm out of here. Well, the guy that Warner Herzog rescued from that car crash 
the person that Warner Herzog, the guy that he saved his life, was the actor Joaquin Phoenix. So, yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy story. Werner Herzog, a hero slash, I don't know, just an awesome human being, but like so weird. <laughs> All right. So, one more, and then we'll kick it out of here. So, let me go ahead and get the next one going, and we will... Okay, so last one, and in keeping with the tradition of the past couple weeks, going to tell another wacky-ass Steven Seagal story. So this one is the story of the Dalai Lama Steven Seagal, which, if that sounds odd, yeah, it is. So this is legitimately a story that was told by Steven Seagal. And I know that everybody thinks that I'm just making up these fucking stories about Steven Seagal. I'm not. He is making them up. Steven Seagal is making up stories about himself and telling them uh, to other people. And so, yeah, I fucking hear about them and tell them because they're goddamn bananas. So here's this one. (laughs) Holy shit. So, Steven Seagal claims that he is the reincarnation of a llama from the 1600s. He, (laughs) according to Steven Seagal, he is one step lower than the actual Dalai Lama. Um, That is what Steven Seagal claims. And you would be thinking to yourself, how is that possible? Like, where? how does Steven Seagal think that he is the reincarnation of a Lama and that he is a step below the Dalai Lama? Well, so according to Steven Seagal, how he achieved this honor um, <laughs> is that Steven Seagal was at a monastery. Why Steven Seagal was at a monastery, who knows? But apparently Steven Seagal was at a monastery, and a bunch of uh, monks came in. A bunch of Buddhist monks came in who had been uh, beaten and tortured by the Chinese. And I am going to read Steven Seagal's actual quote about this. Steven Seagal says, and I quote, as I was the only one who had studied herbology, bone manipulation, and acupuncture, I treated them. (laughs) So, Steven Seagal not only is a master of a martial art that seems to be a whole lot of bullshit, but apparently he went to Hogwarts and studied studied herbology and uh, a bunch of other, like, crazy wizarding medicines and is able to just with his magical hands, fix the human body like goddamn Mr. Miyake. Like, Steven Seagal is able to just go and fix a bunch of tortured and beaten monks. And so apparently he did that. Apparently he healed all of these monks using his powers of herbology, bone manipulation, and acupuncture. And because he was able to heal and save the lives of all of these monks who had been beaten and tortured by the Chinese... They bestowed upon him the title of Lama Seagal. <laughs> and from that moment on, according to Steven Seagal, he has been one step below the actual Dalai Lama. So, yeah. There's my Steven Seagal story for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I did not make it up. Just have to make that a. Uh, a point. <sighs> Boy.
there's uh, there's more of these. Trust me, this was not the last one. <laughs> there's a few more. So I hope you're enjoying them as much as I do, because holy fuck, this dude is out of his mind. Um, but all right, so that'll do it for uh, this week. Stay tuned for uh, you know the next episode next Tuesday. Um, Jesus Christ, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> what a way to end it. Ay, 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 ay. I mean, actually pretty apropos considering how fucking terrible this goddamn podcast is. It really, I mean, why I'm even doing it, I don't know. I guess it gives me some sort of outlet. And I guess people seem to enjoy some of the videos, but it just all seems like it isn't good. <laughs> oh, well. So, um, yeah. Till next week. Have a good one. Be safe. And keep a wrinkle.